0: L.S.G. Media presents a Game of Thrones podcast. Welcome back to the Game of Thrones podcast by L.S.G. Media. I'm Dean. I'm joined by Jessica. And this week we're going to be talking about Season 6, Episode 4, Book of the Stranger. And sitting across from me, as she always does on this fine show, is Jessica with her nice glass of red wine. Her notes are gathered plenty, and uh, she's ready to uh, get after it today. Me too. I got a lot to say about King's Landing, Jessica. But before we get to all of that, the first thing I'd like to do is say hello. Hello. And I want you to tell me, how did you feel about this week's episode?
1: I liked it a lot. thought I'm second viewing. I thought I would be like, eh, no, it's not as good as I thought it was, but I still liked it a lot. Okay, I thought it was a strong episode. I
0: like it. It's um. Is there anything you didn't like about it?
1: Um. Yeah. I. There was some stuff that I was so so about, but not really too much. I felt like it all.
0: What was your favorite? What was your favorite plot area, and what was your least favorite? So
1: my favorite plot area was when Brienne and Torment were together in the scenes because I am in love with them as a couple, even though all they did was look at each other across the table.
0: Wow, you're, you're, really you really into a, that. You are an odd duck. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> I'm sure that if they ran off to have a romance together that you'd be much more insured in that than anything else that was happening in Westeros I
1: hope they have a spinoff honestly
0: yeah. i watch that shit they might <laughs> they ride elephants everywhere because they're too huge for horses
1: although I learned from somebody on the Facebook page that Brienne is still taller than Torment he just looks gigantic when he's standing next to people like Jon Snow who are short
0: hmm, makes sense least favorite
1: Oh. Uh, To be honest, I mean, Winterfell was kind of useless. The Ramsey killing Osha stuff. We knew that was coming. Yeah, not much there. Yeah, there's not much to say about that.
0: Okay. Well, if this is your first time joining us, one of the things we like to do is we like to go through each area, not necessarily in the order they appear in the episode, unless it really matters. In this case, it doesn't. So we try to, instead of going scene by scene by scene, we just go area by area by area by area. And uh, before the show started, Jessica was, uh, you know, writing equations and shit to try to figure out how she's going to order this. Yep. And uh, she managed to order it because I said, you know what? You do it. I'm not doing it. It's all you. So tell us the order in which we're going to go.
1: We're going to start with um, most boring, perhaps, or at least shortest, the Iron Islands. We're then going to move on to Winterfell, which, you know, it's it's pretty self-explanatory pretty quick. We'll then talk about the veil, which will bring us to the wall. Which was really, even though I said it was about Brandon Torment, overall the Wall was probably my favorite part of the episode. Okay. Uh, from there, we'll go to King's Landing, which Dean apparently has a lot to say about. Yes. Followed by Marine, followed by Danny and the Dothraki, and Dario, and my boyfriend Jorah.
0: All right, sounds good. Yeah, because they're all together. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, we will go through each of these uh, to repeat that Iron Islands. We're going to go to Winterfell. We're going to go to the Vale. We're going go to the Wall, King's Landing, and then Marine, the Dothraki, Dario, all that shit. And uh, then we will get to some listener comments, and then we will wrap with a couple of final thoughts and possible predictions on where we think things are going, as well as updating you as to the Deadpool, which is something we started at the beginning of the season where we had some people, and it happened to grow, and then it took off on Facebook, and then John Marginson decided to manage it for us. And uh, he gets that information to Jessica, and Jessica's going to relay that information to you and tell you how everyone's doing in the Deadpool.
1: Um, I just want to ask you a question, Dean. How many dead people do you have on your dead pool?
0: How many people do I have still alive?
1: No, that are dead, that are actually dead.
0: Well, of my five people that I picked, five of them are alive.
1: Yeah, me too. And we host this show. Well, you so. know what
0: happened? Me I saw. thought you guys were picking the five people to stay alive. Yeah. So um, I apparently was wrong about that. I didn't realize you were picking the. I thought you meant the non-dead pool. So I think I have an excuse.
1: Yeah. Uh, somebody, somebody on my list is dying next week. I know it. Yeah. Well, probably Laura. So I'm probably going to lose some Tyrells real soon.
0: I guess we're going to find out. I,
1: I can't wait till you talk about King's Landing. I hope that's in all your predictions.
0: Got a lot of King's Landing to get through. But before we do, let us set sail for the most hard and unloving place in Westeros. What
1: is dead may never die.
0: Except possibly the dungeons of King's Landing. What is dead may never die. Let's go to the Iron Islands.
1: Boop 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 boop.
0: That was my music for the Iron Islands. Not that's very great good
1: song that they have.
0: So Theon is home.
1: Yara's pretty pissed.
0: It's a rough start with a sister who's upset uh, that many people die trying to rescue him. I think she has a legitimate gripe with him at this point. I agree. She sailed in under the cover of night, started a raid, went into the dungeons. Lost people. Lost people, killed lots of people, managed to get the gate open to get him to go. We know that she escaped, so we know she would have escaped if only Theon or Reek at the time was complicit and cooperative in that escape. However, he was not—not not unrealistic, though, because he's a beaten, crushed soul. Yeah, he has no—he's not. Theaunie is not even that doesn't even know who that is. He was so afraid at the possibility that this escape failed. That's part of it. That the repercussions of that failure could have been pretty devastating. I mean, once that guy cuts off, you know, your brajo, you're you're in tough shape. But I'm sure My he. My gray seems fine. Yeah, I'm just saying. Well.
1: He lost his man parts. He we seems fine.
0: We can't confirm what he has or doesn't have. All
1: right, right that's a valid point. I'm sorry.
0: And uh, I don't know. So Theon's home. We know that a king's moot is coming. We talked about what a king's moot. What happens at a king's moot? At a king's moot, they all um, sit down and uh, they sing. Now, what they do, we talked about this last time. This is where they determine the next leader. Yeah,
1: I get that. But what do they do to determine the next leader?
0: I think they just put in claims, if I'm not mistaken.
1: But do they have to like, fight each other then?
0: Nope, they don't fight. So they it. flip it's not, a coin. I think they arm wrestle. All right. No, it's not any of that stuff. I'll tell you exactly what they do. When a king's mood is held, any captain may put his name forward as a candidate for the rule. Any captain, okay? As among the Ironborn, quote, every captain is a king on his own ship, end quote. And name three champions and may try to sway his fellow Ironborn with a speech or his prowess and gifts to show his generosity. Only once a vast majority call out a candidate's name to proclaim him king, does the king's moot end.
1: So what's going to happen is this random bro who killed Balon Greyjoy is going to come back and beat Yara for the king's moot. This is what's is gonna happen, right? a lot
0: of the theories that are out there. Okay. Sure. This random guy didn't appear to to th- cast Balon over the end of that rickety-ass bridge down onto the crags below to not then play a larger part in the episode. So I'm assuming we're going to see more of this man... This man that a lot of people assume is a brother named Euron, but I guess we'll see. There's no real predictions on that just yet. I mean, there's no guarantee that he's anybody at this point, other than we know he's somebody. Other than
1: that he's a murderer.
0: He is certainly a murderer. So I think that Yara is dubious about Theon's return, the timing of his return. I like this. Which is
1: pretty, I mean.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we're on the- Whoa, Did she say I it's a, a day or two days away? But here we are. He has what what you would call a, a legitimate right to the throne. Oh, 100%. Now, I don't know enough about the ironborn to say for certain, but a king's moot a traditional ceremony held by inhabitants of the Iron Islands in which kings were chosen by longship captains. Now, I don't know if they have a blood right to the throne. i had assume so based on the way he used to speak, meaning he, Balon, that Theon was in fact the rightful heir. This must be something done in the idea of their being, them being unsure if they're not sure who that rightful heir is. Mm-hmm. That's why I think that Yara is concerned because maybe Theon could lay claim to the throne if he wanted to. yeah. However, I don't know for certain. Uh, I, I didn't do a ton of research on that. What I do know is that it's irrelevant because Theon says he has no interest in being the king. Zero.
1: In my notes, I wrote that Theon doesn't want to be king. He wants Yara to be king.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, to be fair, she has more... cojones than, than he does. <laughs> I mean, she sailed to the fucking Dreadfort and then took longboats under the cover of night with stealth oars um, When she thought and, the uh, end was
1: going to help her become not king, but ruler of the Iron Island, she seemed more interested in being his friend again, honestly. I mean, siblings fight like that all the time, guys. It's fine.
0: In the chat, Cooper saying a king's moot can be called if the crown is contested. But does that mean anyone can contest it at any time? Or does that just mean if it is in fact contested? Uh, meaning that if Theon is not the clear choice, can then a king's moot be held? Or if Theon is the clear choice, can they still hold a king's moot? I wonder. I'm not sure if you can answer that. Maybe you will. And if you do, I'll come back to you. I
1: wonder if the United States should hold king's moots. We should go back to those days. <laughs>
0: Their prowess in battle. I'd pay for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting. I'd like to watch that. <laughs> Bernie S. is in the chat. It might be Bernie Sanders. He might be getting Couple advice on how to... um. <laughs> I don't know when the kings moved to the United States.
0: If he if he goes into the if he goes into the prowess and battle, he could be in trouble. No He's offense. short, heavy, bad cardio.
1: But I mean, who would you be going against, shitty, Donald Trump? Shitty,
0: <laughs> shitty range. It'd be terrific. It'll be terrific. Uh, I don't know. It's a bunch of fucking nonsense. It would be about as it would be about as ludicrous as what we have going on right now. But I don't want to get pulled off into that damn fucking deep waters of that shit. Let me stay on target here. <laughs> So, I am curious about the Iron Islands. I am curious as to how it's going to go down. It seems very interesting, and I'm telling you, I know people are making fun of me for liking Iron Islands. I know you guys are busting my chops, but they are—they're cool, man. And uh, I think that they're going to come in handy when uh, somebody needs a navy to get shit done. So we got—we got some stuff coming. We got some uh, sure things we coming. We got blood coming, and uh, I'm curious as to how it's going to go. But there's nobody on my
1: Deadpool in the Iron Islands, so.
0: Yeah, well, I have uh, Theon on mine, and now he seems real safe and tidy. Yeah, no, I know. Theon's islands. pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I think you have on your Who's going to die next? Well,
1: thing. that was from like two weeks ago. I need to redo that, I think.
0: Oh, is that how it works? You just yeah, get I think to redo it? Every week it?
1: you repick people.
0: What? That's not how life works If I
1: would have known that I would have picked Somebody different <laughs> Yeah
0: That's the point If you would have known You didn't know You guessed wrong I would
1: like to pick Somebody different I'd like to change that today. So I think we should yeah, All okay. change it
0: Let's wait for the Battle of Winterfell And then pick <laughs> Once we see Which army is winning I'm
1: going Heavy Tyrell for dead Alright Speaking of Winterfell
0: Speaking of Winterfell Oh my God. I gotta tell you I gotta hand it to To Ramsay His stick to itness To not only Slay a wildling which would definitely make the late, great Alistair Thorne and sweet, innocent faced Ollie happy.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, it would. <laughs> right?
0: Right now, they're dangling on their, on their uh, rope somewhere, and uh, a little smile cracks their cadaverous faces, and uh, they, they cheer three times. At least somebody hates the fucking wildlings. But uh, no, I guess that OSHA, you know what? OSHA's got no creep to her. No creep to her. She's a little too obvious, she's hot. Just going to throw it out there. Yeah, sure. Uh, She came in with that cocking head side to side, little cantilever at the hips, just a sheer little cloth on, nude underneath, thinking this is all going to work on Ramsey.
1: And us watching her like, ugh. Wish I picked her in my Deadpool.
0: Yeah. We just said, well, somebody's dying right now. And then four seconds later, we're like, Osha's oh, dying right well, now. Let's be honest.
1: We never <laughs> yeah. thought it was going to be random. <laughs> Can you imagine if that is how random? Talk about like an unceremonious death. Like, forget like Tasha Yar. If Ramsey is killed by Osha after she returns from like four seasons gone, come on.
0: Indeed. Indeed. But uh, yeah, she, uh, she comes in talking low. She knows what men like. I like how she appeals to his savagery. Because, you know, she hung out with Thens and Thens eat people. And she's like, do you eat them after? And he's like, what? I'm not a savage. I just cut dicks off, rape people and murder people and cut all their skin off. I'm not a savage. I'm Ramsey Bolton, warden of the north.
1: This is a cool bro.
0: Yeah. I'll tell you, this scene was tense. I liked it. I was wondering what was going to happen. I didn't realize until a couple of minutes in that somebody was dying. And then I thought, oh shit, you're really playing your hand hard here. Why are you making this move right now? Lay low, baby. You got to be like a snake in the weeds.
1: The first time you go to bang Rams, you can't try to kill him. I mean, come on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's on to you. Assuming you survive the fucking, right, you might have another opportunity to come after him.
1: Yeah. And I mean, this is the thing. As he explained to her, he was like, hey, guess what? I had this guy named Theon Greyjoy. I cut off his penis and then he literally told me everything about the Starks. So I know that you helped them escape. And I know that you're actually on their side. and All this shit that you're feeding me about how like the Starks kidnapped you or whatever. Not, you know what I mean? Yeah. That you were basically wronged by the Starks and you hated them and you wanted to sell Rickon for a good price. He's not going to believe you because he's already been told that you actually saved Rickon's life.
0: Right, right. But he does finish his apple, so I got to hand it to him. Yeah,
1: he's, he he used that bloody knife and cut some more apple skin off.
0: I'll tell you, he knows that winter is coming and he's a good leader. He doesn't want his loyal subjects to starve. He doesn't want to waste food. So he really finished off that Granny Smith apple.
1: Yeah, I mean, but I don't understand why I had to peel the skin off. Like, he couldn't eat that part, too.
0: That strikes me I so... I like the
1: skin on the apple. Yeah. Just saying.
0: Yeah. That strikes me as, uh, uh, you know, when I was a little kid, I used to like peeling apples with knives.
1: Okay, psycho. Did you also like stabbing wildlings in the neck?
0: No, just small animals. <laughs> I'm working my way up. <laughs> No, I, uh, I did. And then I was like, yeah,
1: I did. I I love stabbing people.
0: (laughs) You know, I hate apples. (laughs) No, no, no. But I, uh, I used to like doing that. And I was just like, this is fucking takes too long. I just want to eat the goddamn apple. I'm a man now.
1: You can get like apple peelers or I have an apple corer. That's pretty cool.
0: (laughs) Riveting. Here's what I will say. Whenever I saw him peeling the apple, I just thought how perfect of, Ramsey to be peeling something. This is what he likes to do. He just likes to peel things.
1: Obviously, that makes sense. Flaying the apple, Mandatory says in the chat. Flaying the apple. No doubt about it. I'm an idiot that I missed that, honestly.
0: Yep. All right. Well, after this he we know he dispatches a rider to the wall. So uh
1: Yeah, we'll get to the letter first, but first we get another little
0: We're gonna swing by the veil, I think. So that's about it for Winterfell.
1: But, but I can't wait until I get to Ramsey's letter because... Oh, it's so it's, good. It's the best. It, it is it's, the best letter. It's so awful.
0: It's the best letter ever written.
1: Just come and see. Come and see. Come <laughs> and see. I'm like, you are <laughs> a fucking psycho. I cannot wait.
0: Come at me, snow. All right. In the veil. Little finger, I'm sorry <laughs> I missed your name day.
1: Speaking of gentlemen I'd like to want to a date with... Oh,
0: God. You're, you're a lost soul. You are a truly lost soul. <laughs>
1: God, it's been too many episodes without him. I was so happy to have him back.
0: So he rolls up in his, uh, you know, pimp my cart. It's beautiful.
1: His legs like cross, like ready to get out of there. Like, hey, what's up, bros? And
0: uh, he shows up with a uh, falcon, a grier falcon, I think he said, or, it's or a Greer falcon, cool. I don't very, know. very rare, the largest of falcons. I, I Wikipedia told me, I believe.
1: Oh, they're real. It's not a Game of Thrones thing. It's real. I didn't know if it was a made-up falcon.
0: It was not CG. It was a real bird. No, I knew it was a
1: real bird, but (laughs) I mean, direwolves are, well, I guess they're CG, so whatever. And they're fake. I'm done with this story. You
0: know that direwolves are not real. I hate to, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) I just want to let you know that I got to tell Jessica something and it's going to break her heart. Direwolves are fake.
1: (laughs) I remember when Game of Thrones first started and I like wrote on Facebook that I wanted a pet direwolf and every time my time hop reminds me of that, I'm like, yeah, I still do. I still Still want one.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's at this point where we should remind people that this episode of the Game of Thrones podcast is being recorded live on Mixler. That's mixler.com slash lsg-media. Mixler.com slash lsg-media. We've got a bunch of people in the chat. They get to hang out with us and uh, we get to hang out with them, talk to them. They can talk to each other. They got a lot of cool theories going on, a lot of great insight. They correct some of the mistakes we make and they lend some insight where we miss it.
1: Like the fact that direwolves are not fake, they're extinct.
0: Oh, there you go. So, um, maybe you're a fake. I don't know.
1: Maybe you're fake.
0: So make sure you check us out uh, on the live shows. It's a blast. All right. So Little Finger shows up. Lord Robin Aaron's it's, shitty at ad- he He's what? the worst human being that's
1: ever lived, but he's tall now and at least his voice doesn't sound like a little girl's. So You know what? I think he hit puberty in the off season.
0: He really you know, he really has to do me a favor. He needs to get some sleeps. He needs to stop playing yeah. Minecraft all night and fucking go to bed, kid. He's got these huge bags under his eyes. He's the worst.
1: He's the worst and he's disgusting. And I don't, is it because he has nobody to breastfeed him anymore? He can't sleep at night? I don't know. That might be I it. He know. might
0: still miss his mommy and he might have problems. But I'll tell you what Lord John Royce is there and uh, we know that he's been. Oh, with,
1: I called him that fat dude because I forgot his name.
0: Lord John Royce is there. He's been looking over young Robin Aaron. And uh, unfortunately, Littlefinger missed his name day. But don't worry, gives him a falcon. And then he really knows how to play this kid, doesn't he?
1: Oh, my God. He's so good. This is why I like Littlefinger because he can just, oh, the way he manipulates Robin and basically controls everything he says is beautiful.
0: I'll tell you what, this was uh, a great scene just for this alone. The first thing Royce does is he knows what he heard. And that's, I heard you were going to take Sansa and you didn't. Next thing I know, she's marrying Bolton. So what gives? And Littlefinger turns that right around on mm-hmm. him instantly. Not only does he deflect this negative attention, but he puts negative attention. Dire- he deflects it right back onto him.
1: Yeah, flat out lies and then blames him for yeah. Sansa having to marry
0: We will beset Brindy. upon by a fo- large force of Bolton men. I have this weird thing where I talk out of the, the side of my mouth. My name is Littlefinger. I love him. And uh, they know exactly where we were going and who we were transporting, he says, in his creepy voice.
1: Love that voice.
0: I've been drawing naked images of Sansa for days.
1: Probably true, honestly. I
0: hope no one else finds them. I keep them rolled up in my scarf. But no, he, uh, yeah, he spins it right back around on Robin and it's glorious, uh, on Robin, on Royce and it's glorious because Robin is so dangerous because of his whimsical nature. He's like, should we throw him through the moon, though? Oh, yeah. Uh... And then Littlefinger not only exerts his dominance over Robin or his manipulation, but then he shows how much control that leads to, Lo- to uh, Royce's fate.
1: Yes, he is controlling every decision Robin makes very easily, very whereas easily. Robin thinks he's making his own decisions.
0: Yes, but he does tell him, let's give him another chance. Yes. So,
1: What do you think, Uncle Peter?
0: But this is smart by Peter. Peter wants to establish his, pla- his place over Royce in that he has control over Robin. But at the same time, he knows that Lord Jan Royce is a great battle commander. He has a lot of victories under his belt and he wants to keep this guy when they, you know, he's, he's mustering the Knights of the Vale. He's mustering the Knights of the Vale and he wants Royce to command them. Littlefinger's not a battle commander. Robin sure as shit isn't. So he needs Royce to command the Knights of the Vale. And he wants him to command the Knights of the Vale for what reason?
1: i just save Sansa. Yes. But I love the way he says it. He's like, oh, Robin, you know, they have Sansa. What do you think? And Robin's like, well, Sansa's my cousin, so I guess I should save her. And Littlefinger's like, yeah, I was thinking that too. Right, right. It's just so good. It's such a good moment.
0: It's a great moment because he lets the kid decide for himself and it gives the kid confidence.
1: Yeah, where he thinks he's making the decision, but he's right. not. But
0: he's not. Not even close. And uh, Littlefinger agrees, gather the knights of the Vale, he says.
1: They're going to war, baby.
0: Yeah, they're going to the north. I think they're going to smash some Bolton head in. They're
1: probably going to meet up with the wildlings, and uh, that's a force to be reckoned with, don't you think?
0: Let's talk about that force to be reckoned with. I'm ready. All right. So at the wall, Edison Tollett's not happy with Jon Snow's flippancy.
1: Like it a lot.
0: I like it a lot, too.
1: Because I think that this is, I think he should be called out John. Because these people rely on him and they fought through so much together, including Hardhome. Mm-hmm. John just wanting to walk away is going to be very hard for someone like that to swallow and he should.
0: Yes, he should. Now, before we, f- we press on in this, the chat is speculating as to does Littlefinger care about Sansa or not? I believe he does. I
1: think he does.
0: Yeah, I think he does just based on the fact that he has always been in love with Catelyn Stark. He didn't care too much for Ed Stark, obviously. He did get him arrested, which led to his beheading. But I think he's always held a torch for Catelyn, and I think thereby he he likes Sansa. I think he likes Sansa. Sexually? Yes. Oh
1: yeah, 100%.
0: But he also knows that Sansa is a, is a keystone for the North.
1: This is the thing, and Yana Stark in the chat said he wants her, but it doesn't mean he won't throw her under the bus, which I agree with. He wants Sansa, like at the end of the day, if he can somehow be married to Sansa and rule the North with her, that's his dream. But he's going to use her for what he needs to gain that power. Mm -hmm. Because as much as he's into Sansa, which I think he is, his love for power is a little bit higher. His love for those redheaded Stark women.
0: I think Littlefinger's got a knack for self-preservation. And I think if anything jeopardizes his self-preservation, that it will be something that comes second. So I think he loves and respects Catelyn Stark, always has. He got in a duel with Ned Stark's brother over her and got cut up really bad, almost died. And he really he really does care about Catelyn, and therefore he cares about Sansa. However, he cares about these things not even close to as much as he cares about self-preservation. If Sansa had no claim, if she was just a common girl, I don't see him making all these moves with her. I think as long as he feels that he can control her in some way, that he can manipulate her in some way, which is what he's so good at, because he can make her life better through manipulation at the same time by helping her get become the Warden of the North, in a sense, or get over there.
1: Yeah, he's helping her and helping himself at the same Correct.
0: time. Correct, but he's only helping himself because she has the power, because she's a Stark. If that wasn't there, he wouldn't be spending all this time trying to figure all that out, I think. so. Right. Yes, I think he cares. But he doesn't care about her more than he cares about self-preservation, which I guess you could say is true for most people, but he's a pretty ruthless cat, this little finger. Yeah. Now, so how can you leave us now? They killed me, my own brothers. John's pissed. And the horn blurts out to interrupt this.
1: And I have to say, so when we were watching this episode, we were watching it with friends, and we were about, what would you say, five minutes delayed max? Yeah. So we were slightly delayed watching the episode, And when I'm watching the credits roll, I get a text message from my sister saying, wow. And then I get a text message from her boyfriend saying tears or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what in the world could have happened in five minutes that I'm getting these texts? Like something crazy is about to happen. And when I realized what it was going to be, I mean, this was wonderful.
0: Yeah, yep. Whenever you see Podrick Payne, Sansa, and Brienne of Tarth at the gate, it's a lovely moment.
1: Because... I never thought it would happen. We everybody's come so close and I, I think I probably said it on the last podcast that I thought they were gonna miss each other again because the idea of the Starks being together, um, just, just I couldn't imagine it happening. And here we are. It gave me goosebumps. I teared up. It was very emotional. Watching it the second time, it was the same thing. It gave me the chills. It was wonderful.
0: Yeah. It was a very emotional moment. I liked it a lot. You know, I've been going back and watching the early episodes, and uh, I've been doing all this research on the history of Westeros. I bought that crazy book, World of Ice and Fire. It's this beautiful illustrated book that goes through all these ages, and I've been watching the early seasons again. And I just watched the first three episodes John Snow is gone in episode two. He's gone so fast. He goes to the wall. He's and never been in that. a
1: scene with Sansa. Oh, really? Well, that's what um, Benioff and Weiss said on the after the thing that they do on HBO Go. Yeah, they I talk guess about you're the right. episode afterwards. I guess you're right. And I was thinking, I'm like, no, there's no way they never did a scene together. But you mentioned him leaving episode two. I'm like, no, I guess he they never did. Yeah, he does. So those actors were actually have never been on screen together.
0: So just as a reminder, Robert Baratheon, King Baratheon, comes to winterfell because he wants to ask ned stark to be his hand so they host the king jamie lannister comes all the lannister comes Tyrion comes and uh and then benjen stark shows up right so all these people are there and they're at they're at winterfell and they have this party and Jon snow doesn't even go in he's, he's crying in a corner yes. right poetry
1: like with kylo ren somewhere yes
0: yes put him on the ship he's standing I feel like they would be bros <laughs> put him on the ship so they're standing at the end. He's standing like beating up a, a a practice dummy while everyone's inside having a grand old time. And Sansa's making fucking googly eyes at Tom and that you mean whole Joffrey. Thing. Joffrey.
1: Tom was too young for her. <laughs> Sorry. Who's now banging Marjorie?
0: But um, anyway. yeah, it was. Uh, and then uh, Jamie Lannister taunts Jon Snow. He's like, "Have you ever swung that at a man?" They, they have that whole conversation. And then he runs into Tyrion and then him, Tyrion and Benjamin head off for the wall. They ride south on the road and then him and Ned split and Ned's like, Oh, I'm gonna tell you about your mother next time I see you. And then that never happens. And then he loses his head. So yeah, it you there was never it was they it never happened. They never they were in the episode together, but they never really interacted.
1: Yeah. yeah. They've never done a scene together is what Penny off and Weiss said.
0: Pretty wild. Anyway, they are now. They are together, a loving embrace. I like this. I like how Brienne's in the shot here, and she just kind of lowers her head in respect.
1: I like when they first go in and Tormund sees Brienne, and he's like, hey. He's
0: like, I like that part,
1: too. He's really into her.
0: This is how I go down on a woman. Oh, wait, that's later. When he's eating his bread for 20 minutes. Uh, (laughs) So Sansa and John recall Nan's kidney pies. They lament on how they never should have left. Sansa admits that she was an ass. I was awful. Just admit it. You're occasionally
1: awful, he says. Yeah.
0: And I gotta tell you, thinking back on that, John <laughs> John was Bran gets pushed out of the window in the first episode. In the second episode, Catelyn stays by his side in bed forever. And John goes in to say bye to Bran, and Catelyn is brutal to John. Oh yeah. That's something you might forget, but Catelyn Stark was had no love for Jon Snow because he she always thought of it as Seventeen years ago, when you brought home another woman's son, that's how she always yeah, said your
1: it. Sister's son, aka my nephew.
0: And uh, it was uh, it was hard to watch because she's just so cold to him. And I wonder if what Sans is saying here was there as a result of that, because he was always close to Arya. And I wonder if maybe yeah, but
1: Sans was kind of just a bitch in general. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah, when she was younger, when she was younger for sure, especially to Arya and everybody else, she got her own dog killed. But anyway. Sansa is cool now, and she takes a nice swig of shitty Night's Watch Dirty Feet ale. I, don't I know like what that. Is I
1: like this a lot because I think that this is like a passage of time and understanding of how far they've both come. They were children the last time they were together, and you know Sansa was being a bitch, and John was writing poetry in the corner and painting his nails black. And then here they are now, and they're adults. Like, he's drinking ale, and she's like, sure. I'm going to have some, too. And he thinks about it for a second, like, this is my kid's sister. But he's like, no, she's an adult now. We're adults. They've grown up. Yeah. It, it's just one's that been little murdered, moment. One's yeah. been
0: raped. You know, they've gone through the ringer, these Stark kids. Um, or Targaryen kids, I don't know. I guess we'll find out.
1: Well, one's a Targaryen kid, probably. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that that tiny little thing where they shared the ale was... A nice moment that said a lot. It did. Like, we were children last time we were together, and now we are grown up.
0: I like your style. So, if I don't watch you over your father's ghost, yeah, you will come go, back and murder me, Jon says. And um, he is referring to Rhaegar R- R- Sasan- R- R- Targaryen. I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> Sansa suggests taking Winterfell back from the Boltons, and she immediately starts breaking out the numbers. How many troops do you have? Winterfell, is our home. Was, it belongs to our family. We have to fight for it. John's tired of fighting, of course. He just was resurrected. He died and came back.
1: He's like, I was literally just dead. Yeah. Can you give me a break, Sansa?
0: Nope. Sansa reminds him that if they don't take the North back, they will never be safe. This is a really good point because John doesn't want to stay at the wall. He can't go to Winterfell. So where's he going to go? Where's Sansa going to go?
1: They need to take Winterfell back. And I like that Sansa is immediately in that mindset. I like the Sansa. I mean, I like her a lot. I like this woman who's like, I want... She was just brutalized by another human being, thought she was going to die in the woods, has to escape with Theon and and go through icy water and all this crap. And she's still like, she wants to take her home back. And that is what matters most to her because it belongs to them. Yes. And I love her.
0: Yes. I like that she has to motivate Jon. I think that that's... John, John has always been, he's always been a, a hemming and a hawing kind of guy. That's the way he's always been. Emo. And right up until he decides, and then he really fucking decides, which I appreciate about him. He's not impetuous. He's not an impetuous guy. He's very much a meticulous man. And uh, yeah, they're talking about it. We cut to a scene in the courtyard here where Davos starts to talk to Melisandre. And she says she'll do whatever Jon Snow asks.
1: He's the prince that was promised. Well, aren't you just so fickle?
0: The prince that was Every promised. Every
1: day it's a new fucking prince from Elisandra.
0: Indeed. Yeah, the prince that was promised is uh, a uh, like a prophecy in the whole Game of Thrones thing. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it now. The prince who was promised or the one who is promised, also called Lord Chosen, the Son of Fire, Warrior of Light, Mythic Figure... So, the prince who is promised, or the one who is promised, also known as the Lord's Chosen, the Son of Fire, and the Warrior of Light, is a mythic figure in the religion of the Lord of the Light. According to prophecy, this figure would be reborn amidst salt and smoke hmm. Hmm. and pull a flaming sword from the flames, called Lightbringer, to combat the coming darkness. So, look for some of these things that herald in this prophecy when we get to this battle. According to Melisandre, a red priestess of the Lord of Light, Stannis Baratheon, Lord of Dragonstone, and self-proclaimed king of the Andals and the First Men, is the prophesied prince. Well, I guess Brienne changed that. However, after Stannis has fallen, and Jon Snow, the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, is raised from the dead, Melisandre claims Stannis was not, in fact, the prince, but someone must be. Suggesting she may now believe it is Jon, which we get to. Hmm. How about that?
1: Whatever. Yeah.
0: Well. So fickle. So fickle. So that is where, that's what that whole prophecy means. So this is a Lord of the Light prophecy, which I think is interesting because, you know, you've got a bunch of different religions kicking around in uh, on this continent. But Brienne steps in and- uh, Well,
1: before they are having this conversation and Melisandre's stance was defeated, and then Davos asks about Shireen. And Bran interrupts this Yes Because we still have not had this reveal Lucky for her. Where Davos knows He must assume that Shireen is dead At this right. point But he does not know what happened
0: Right Just if and they were defeated this
1: very tenuous Not relationship But alliance between him and the Red Woman Is definitely not going to continue Once he knows what happened to Shereen. So anyways Bran interrupts this shit
0: Yeah And she flashes the Manson lamps The what? Manson lamps That's like uh, your psycho peepers Scary eyes and uh, she's just like, well, he confessed it to me right before I executed him. I love that she says that. She calls she's them out so about proud. the Renly death. And Davos is like, hey, that was like four days ago. Give us a break. Relax,
1: lady. <laughs> uh, I like that she gets to confront Melisandre in a way. And I like that she says that she killed Stannis and their reaction, how they can't. What can they say to her? What can they do? Nothing. Davos had, they both had relationships with Stannis. I mean, right. Davos was Stannis's hand of the king.
0: Davos tried to warn Stannis countless times. Yeah, it's, a, it's an odd situation to find yourself in, but hey, what are you going to do?
1: I, I like that Brienne is a tough chick and she's like, yeah, I fucking killed him. What are you going to do? Yeah, What are you fucking going to do?
0: It's pretty crazy to think about because Stannis had a legitimate claim on the throne. By the most their legitimate. loss, the legitimate one. Once Robert Baratheon died, Stannis was next in line of succession because the kids aren't his. I know. So it should have been Stannis, and that's, that's why, why Ned
1: Stark backed Stannis.
0: Correct. And Littlefinger said, ah 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 ah. But
1: Renly would have been a better king.
0: Well, don't although
1: mind. he then went on to become Charles Manson. So
0: hey, that. bringing back Manson. So anyway, Brienne should smile, don't you think? At some point,
1: I think she's gonna when Tormund's banging her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she will. I think she's just gonna. Make like a grimace of a face. All, you know, skin under fingernails and clutching and biting and <laughs> hair pulling between the two of them. <laughs> no, I say she can smile now because she rescued the Stark girl finally and killed Stannis. I mean, she's on the up and she up here. She did everything
1: she needed to do. She's fulfilling
0: those vows. Good work. Wow. All right. So later, Tormund shows Brienne how he'd uh, perform cunnilingus on her. Ed apologizes to Sansa about the food.
1: I like before that. Okay. <laughs> Can I talk about Brienne and Tormund again? Good Lord.
0: Please <laughs> tell me something that matters.
1: Listen, I'm obsessed with Brienne and Tormund as a couple. I just want to be honest. If anyone wants to send me their fanfic, feel free.
0: Um, she ain't going to sleep with a lowborn wildling.
1: They're 100% going to date and be a she couple. She is a lady I cannot of wait.
0: the Sapphire Islands.
1: Anyway, Torment looks at Brienne with love and sex his eyes, and all of this. But I just like love. that. They're looking at each other and he's looking at her like, hey, like, I'm gonna bang you. And she's looking at him like, oh, my God, a guy has never looked at me like this before, basically. And Ed looks at the both of them like, oh, uh, what is happening here? <laughs> it's is a great, great moment. I love it. I love everything about it. Please tell me their couple name. I need it.
0: <laughs> love that. Yeah. Them. I don't know. I think that would be a. Uh- I'm not sure either. I'm sure one of them would sustain a long-term injury after that encounter.
1: I just am in love with them. I don't know what else to say. I have never really shipped a couple hard on Game of Thrones. Yeah, well, i to be honest.
0: She's got to let that Renly thing go. Remund. and, and, and move on.
1: Hashtag. That's what we're calling them. Wow. Well, onto the poetry from Ramsey, which again was amazing.
0: Ramsey is amazing. But before we get there, you're a li- you're a little early. So John Snow. Oh no, you're not. You're not. You're not, you're not early. This oh, he gets the early. letter. Then they talk. Okay. So John Snow gets a <laughs> gets a piece of poetry from Ramsey Shakespeare Bolton, and uh, come
1: and see. Come and see. <laughs> come, come to my funny house of wonders.
0: I could see him writing and shit, twirling around his bedchamber. It's like a
1: musical, honestly. Yes.
0: Yes. Absolutely. And uh, he's basically, uh, you know. He calls him a uh, traitor, bastard, bastard, traitor, traitor, bastard. Rickon's in the dungeon. Your direwolf's dead. You're a bastard. You fuck wildlings. Come, come and see. Come and see. Come and see. I'm going to slaughter all your wands. I'll skin them. I'll let my soldiers rip your sister. My dogs will eat you. I'll take your eyes. Come and see. Come Actually, and they see. were going to eat Rickon. Yeah. Yes, come and see. Come and see. It's, so, a, musical. Uh, it's a musical. It's a musical. The Game
1: of Thrones musical.
0: I think, he, uh, I think he really is trying to taunt Jon Snow into some battles here. Oh, and, for sure. Uh, boy, what a letter. I'll tell you.
1: And then he signs it warden of the North and all this crap. And John is like, what the fuck? Yeah. And Stance is like, oh yeah, he definitely killed, um, Bruce And that's what happened here.
0: What do you think? Do you think the <laughs> chat saying the bastard bull,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the bastard bull?
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, shit. <laughs> I like it. So, um, what do you think about, uh, what, what do you think about, do you think he did that in one draft? It was yeah, like a stream of Sweeney Todd, the chat says Yes.
1: <laughs> I thought it was like, like really James Joyce like stream of conscious. Yeah, he was like, I I'm just gonna right. let it out
0: there. I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> I, wonder many, I wonder how many how many how many drafts he had. Who who proofread who proofread that? He brought it down I, to Rickon?
1: I mean, honestly.
0: <laughs> Rickon, you're forty six. You've been around a while perhaps you can lend some of your wisdom since you're far older than me.
1: I was just thinking I'm like who else is actually in Winterfell?
0: I don't know. No and no, no nobody, characters. The
1: only uh,
0: He had the umber. He had the umbers looking over it.
1: I was going to say oh, sorry, I got to do it. The only the only people we ever oh, hear about shit. being in Winterfell and being involved in Ramsay's life are the dogs.
0: Yep, that's it. Sorry. Well, I have to say it. Yeah. He tries. He, he writes. A, he writes a little thing and tries to whoop things up into frenzy. So, it's starting, so they start to break down. Let's talk armies here. Let's so, talk men. Let's talk men. John starts to break down the numbers. Two thousand he has, but Sansa believes that the Boltons have five thousand. So that's more than double. Plus they're defending, which means the wildlings are fucked up.
1: Five thousand from what Ramsey says when he's making up his stories. Who knows if that's true?
0: I don't know. But here's what I'm going to say about Ramsey Snow at this point. Ramsey is fucking cagey, okay? He's stabbed people that have tried to kill him. He was doing a good job at taking on Yara and her men, killed a bunch of ironborn. He's he's tough. He's a good fighter. He fought in the field. He led the charge against Stannis and won. I mean, he severely outnumbered him. Probably didn't take many casualties from the Stannis battle. So let's say 5,000, 4,000, still double what the Wildlings have and they're defending. I just... The wildlings can't win that fight alone.
1: Okay, but let's again. Sansa's like, "Listen, bros, let me explain to you how this works." You also have all the northern families that will help you. The North remembers. There are northern families that are they better help.
0: start fucking remembering because I think they but have Alzheimer's. Forget
1: at this point. the northern families, and some of the chat said this too. But I got it right in my notes. It says, "Side note: It's all good. Don't you worry because the veil is coming."
0: Yeah, I know. Bam! I Bam. I know, but they don't like know drop. that. But they don't know that. But I do. So unless they get a raven.
1: I should write them a letter. The veil is coming. Come and see, come and see. <laughs> come and see,
0: come and see.
1: <laughs> He's like dancing around.
0: Ramsey definitely puts on a wig and dances around. I feel like he does a little he does a little tuck. He does he does a little uh
1: tuck and does the pee pee dance. He tucks, from and, from California. You know, he
0: tucks and He does the pee pee dance. Goes th- up an octave.
1: I feel like the actor who plays Ramsey looks like he'd be a great actor in a musical. Yeah. He's, a, he's been in a musical, right? He must have. He just looks like he would uh, right That's, that's pretty I arbitrary. I dancing.
0: You got a computer right there. I'll probably check your facts. Yeah, I will.
1: Well, I will. Don't <laughs> you worry.
0: Check your facts. Come and see. All right. Well, they break down the numbers. It doesn't look good. But John says, all right, I believe you. Maybe they will fight for you if I let it be known that I am back and uh, ready to rock and roll. But Ewan Rayon,
1: or the F you say his name, is a Welsh actor, singer, and musician. Mm. Yes. That means he's definitely been in a musical. He studied at the London Academy of Music and Dramatic Art.
0: Wow. He was on a
1: Welsh soap. Oh, wait. He was cast as the haunted Moritz Stifle in the London production of the Tony Award-winning musical Spring Awakening.
0: Wow. What? I bet there's YouTube of him out there.
1: Oh my god, there must be. Oh, he played the lead role in the philosophical radio play Dark Side, based on Dark Side of the Moon. Ooh. This guy is definitely. I told I told you I just got that feeling about him that he he was in musicals.
0: Hey. Not to mention, got a body for days. Admit it. Admit it. No, he's really good looking. Even though he looks like he might be the can't get right version of Frodo Baggins from the neck up. No, he's he's much cuter than that. He's got a body for days.
1: He's much cuter than that. I think he's cute. Yeah. He also has CDs out in the world. Yeah. You can get his EP, Changing Times. You know what? Or his third EP, Bang Bang.
0: You've convinced me. My chips are all in on the Boltons. Fuck the Warden. Fuck the Starks. Fuck the wildlings. Fuck the veil. I hope Ramsey just continues to do what he do. Do what you do, Ramsey. All I know is if he's
1: going to sing a song at the end of the day,
0: I'm in. Shit.
1: When is Game of Thrones going to do their musical episode? Everybody oh, else does.
0: Yeah, no kidding, right?
1: Have you ever seen the Jon Snow, not Jon Snow, Kit Harington, when he sings to um, the it actress awesome. who plays A Grit?
0: I have. It was great.
1: That's All right, whatever. It's really cute.
0: Moving right along. So I guess that concludes The Wall. Of course, we see... You know, when you watch it again, you catch the, the uh, guy with the flayed banner on yes. the shield and he has the white flag. That was pretty cool. So I guess Ramsay doesn't have any crows. He has to send people.
1: No, he wants to send people.
0: I guess. But he's risking that guy getting his head chopped off.
1: I don't think he really cares about his guys, honestly.
0: All righty then. <sighs> We're done with the wall. Where are we going?
1: Next is where you really want to go. King's Landing.
0: King's Landing. Confess. All right. Shame. Fornication. (laughs) Oh, my. Fornication. Confess. All right. So, (laughs) they're saying he played on Misfits. What does that mean? Like the band Misfits with the skull? He was in the band? No, he wasn't. Is that what they're saying?
1: I don't know. I didn't see that in the Wikipedia article, but.
0: Well, all right. Let's, uh, enough about that. King's Landing. Well, we got a lot going on. In King's Landing, where is where I start to realize that we have something interesting here. We have something called Misfits is a British show, they're telling me, correcting me. All right, so here's the deal. This episode is got something recurring in it throughout, and that's called Using Your Enemies to Fight Your Enemies, right? Tyrion does it. Mm -hmm. Cersei's going to do it. The Vale's doing it, kind of. Littlefinger using Royce. Uh, there's a lot of this going on this week, and I want to talk about it as it relates to King's Landing. So here we go. Now, first, Marjorie Tyrell is brought before the High Sparrow, and the High Sparrow judges Marjorie for her seeking sin because if she wants to seek out her family, she must seek out these other things that are, by default, sin.
1: This guy is the biggest shitbag I've ever seen. He's just so stupid. Ah. If I could kill him or Ramsay, I might kill him.
0: Mm. Yeah. At least Ramsey's good TV. At least Ramsey's honest and he has a better ass. Let's be real.
1: Yeah. Let's be real guys.
0: He tells a lovely story about his father, the cobbler, how ironic and how he was drunk on wine and pussy
1: and made a bunch of shoes that the high sparrow now refuses to wear.
0: Good things to be drunk on. It was all part of a story, a story. I was telling myself who I was, a collection of lies that would disappear in the light. The beggars and the poor were closer to the truth than I ever was. I walked out the door and never went back. So he tells Marjorie this wonderful story. And she admits knowing about the book of the stranger because the sister Unel or whatever reads it at her.
1: That mean bitch, as I call her. So he
0: chuckles and he says, I'm going to take you to see your brother now. So we get to see Loris,
1: Who is a hot fucking mess and on my Deadpool, so.
0: Boy. He's close. He is doing poorly.
1: I feel like if he could think of a way to commit suicide, he might have done it already.
0: Now, he wants to let them win. He is a broken man. He is not doing well. Marjorie wants him to stay strong, and he just doesn't care. This might seem like a throwaway scene, but I don't think so. I think this is very, very important because this guy is the next leader of House Tyrell, and he's in a dungeon, and he's quitting.
1: Yeah, because Marjorie is the strong one. She always has been. And if you think back to from the start of us meeting them isn't this always how it's been loris was what was often doing whatever he wanted on a whim and marjorie was thinking about power and the future and being in control you know like that scene where they were loris and renley were banging oh no where, where loris was banging that other kid and marjorie came and sat in the bed and she's like are you almost done like we need to go do our shit i here. tried
0: to warn him about his butt fucking ways but he just didn't listen you tried to is that what you're saying
1: no no not about that <laughs> I'm just saying that we've always seen that Marjorie is more, she's thinking about power and the family name and being in charge and being a yes. queen. And like, yes. Loris is just like, I want to bang dudes and fight with my sword. Not his penis sword, his actual sword. <laughs> okay, both swords. He wants to fight with both.
0: I want to stick my penis into my enemies and my swords into my friends. Wait, I think that's backwards.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Andrew Ramos in the chat says she tries to warn everybody about butt butt fucking, but they never listen.
0: (laughs) She does. If you don't believe us, check Facebook. Listen, I agree with you. I think Marjorie does a really good job of keeping her eye on the prize. And Loris is very much aloof. He's a fighter. He wants to fight and fuck. He just wants to be Robert Baratheon, basically. He's the gay version of Robert Baratheon.
1: And so much more handsome.
0: There you go. So you leave Robert alone.
1: Loris back in the day was a very pretty man. Before yeah. he was disgusting and full of dirt and crying into his sister's freaking rat's nest hair.
0: Yeah. So Cersei confronts Pycelle, who's advising Tommen, and this is important because Pycelle actually stands up to Cersei a little bit here. Very briefly, I was advising the king. <laughs>
1: Why is Pycelle advising Tommen? Did he actually want Pycelle there? I'm telling you, I feel like there's this disconnect right now between Tommen and Cersei. Don't you? We're
0: going to talk about that. All right, good. Pycelle stands up to her a little bit. He was advising, and the things he was talking about specifically were, we can't push this high sparrow because he's a lot of friends and things could get ugly quickly. This is actually a good advice from Pycelle. He's trying to warn Tommen to not push into war on the streets. He's right. advising against it heavily. Now, Tommen stretches caution in dealing with the High Sparrow when mom walks in. So we see again, Tommen repeating the thing he was just told by the person that told it to him.
1: Yeah, his favorite thing to do. Yes. Someone just said something to me, so it's true. My name is Tommen.
0: Right. He turns around as soon as she walks in and repeats it to his mother. And then he's afraid to put Marjorie at risk, which is a legitimate concern, especially since they're in her custody, that, that these people are in the High Sparrow's custody. That's a problem. If things get ugly with the faith militant, Marjorie and Loris could be in big trouble. Now, Cersei reminds Tommen that the High Sparrow has no use for anything. This is an important line here. The High Sparrow has no use for anything. He wants to knock everything down and replace it with what? Beggars in the street? When he was talking to Marjorie Terrell, the High Sparrow, he just walked away. He didn't care. He washed his hands of it all. Cersei's suggesting that he still wants to do that. He wants to tear everything down and just. Return it to ruin. Return it to innocence. A bunch of people with dirty feet and no shoes and Ew. bad teeth and crappy hygiene and shitty clothes because everything else is a sin according to him.
1: And weird tattoos on their heads.
0: Now, Tommen tells Cersei, and this is a big moment, and I've thought a lot about this since watching it last night. Tommen tells Cersei that the High Spiral told him a secret. Tommen is concerned with revealing the secret, but apparently he does anyway, but we don't hear what that secret is. We think we do because of the following scene, but I have my doubts. So here it is. Tom and tells Cersei something. You can trust me. And then we get a hard I'm cut to Cersei and Jamie entering the small council to talk to Kevin and Elena. So Cersei plays the daddy card about working with one's rivals, like Tywin always did. She tells them that the High Sparrow seized power knowing that we would bicker about our shelves. And she's right. That's exactly what they're doing. Everyone's bickering and not and so Cersei steps up here and says, Listen, here's what's happening happening. And I got some news for you. Marjorie is going to take the walk of atonement. Now, most people, myself included, said, Oh shit, is this the secret?
1: And most people, yourself included, were like, Oh shit, hope it's not a body double.
0: <laughs> so Elena ain't having this. That cannot happen. That will <laughs> not happen. That's
1: literally what my notes say. Elena's not having this.
0: Nope. Jamie breaks it down and he says, here's what's going to happen. The Tyrell army is going to come here. Kevin's going to stand down. Kevin starts to tell Jamie that if this king calls on him and then Jamie says, listen, it will all be over before anyone knows what's going on. Kevin cautions at civil war. If it doesn't go smoothly, it's going to get ugly. And then Olenna says, better them than us. So the Tyrells are playing into the Lannisters hands here. Now let's talk about what all this means. Sure. And what I think it could mean. I'm so curious. And here are some of the things I was thinking. And I have it all written down, so pardon me if it sounds like I'm reading from paper a little bit, because I might be. So if the high sparrow somehow learned, now hold on. I know this is gonna sound crazy, but if the high sparrow somehow learned through Loris or Marjorie that the Tyrells were responsible for poisoning Joffrey, okay? It's possible that he'd let this, quote, important, don't tell anyone information slip over to Tommen, knowing that it's going to get to Cersei. If you're the High Sparrow, think about this, okay? So the High Sparrow is smart enough to know that Cersei can't outwardly oppose the presence of the Faith Militant. He, she, he knows that. He knows because if not, he'd be dead already. If If they could, they'd be dead already, but they don't want to do that, okay? So maybe he's hoping that she'd overreact and cause the war and everything could be, quote, torn down. Right, So maybe the High is hoping that if I let this slip to this kid and it gets back to Cersei and Cersei flips out and then the blood in the streets happen and the High Sparrow doesn't care, he washes his hands with it and goes, great, I tore down another fucking king. We can tear down kings, he said. Right? Yeah. So that's an option. Now, let's not forget that Cersei comes from Tywin Lannister. She's a competent and a scheming motherfucker. She's very smart, this woman. Now, maybe... This is all speculation, guys. Maybe Tommen tells Cersei of the confession, okay? But Cersei plays it cool. Wait. Okay. Wait for it. Go ahead. She says she fucking makes up the whole atonement thing. It's bullshit. I I think that's
1: true. Because we haven't seen Marjorie do anything to indicate that she was going to make a walk of atonement.
0: Listen, knowing full well that the Tyrells won't have it. So Cersei and Jaime cook up a plan to draw the Tyrells into King's Landing. While at the same time publicly... Telling Kevin, the Lannisters will do nothing here. Behind the scenes, they tell Kevin, these people poisoned Joffrey. And Kevin goes, unacceptable, we need to do something about it. And he goes, yes, bring your army to King's Landing, Kevin. They lure the fucking Tyrells into this thing. The Tyrells go batshit. They fucking get into it with the Faith Militant. There's a bunch of death. Lots of people die. The Lannisters sit back. And then Kevin shows up with the last with, with the with the with the beaten and, and beat up Tyrell army and mops him up. And Cersei goes, There we go. Tyrells are out, Faith Militant are out, Marjorie's dead, everybody's dead, Tommen's alive, boom. That's play, so
1: good for my death point. and so play bad the for goddamn yours. reins of
0: the Casimir just like my father before me, right? So now Cersei has the Tyrells murdering the Faith and presumably the High Sparrow, since she can't do without starting a civil war, which she'll be blamed for, which she doesn't want.
1: And so in, in, during this, the following people die, Lancel Lannister, Loras Tyrell, and Marjorie Tyrell. Yes, now... Good for me.
0: A, I got some permutations here. Kevin's troops plus the gold cloaks could easily crush Tyrell's army. Now, as armies go, there's only one place in Westeros that really has a standing army besides the Wall, and that's King's Landing, and it's not that big. It's about 2,000 strong. They're full-time soldiers. In Westeros, standing armies don't exist much because they, are, they cost money to feed and train. They're, they're, they're people that get called up. So for example, Ned Stark says, I'm going to raise my banners. So his bannermen raise their banners and they all just start recruiting commoners. They arm them or they arm themselves. They get all these troops together. They fight and then they disband. That's what they do. That's raising the banners. That's forming an army. That's how it works in Game of Thrones. So there aren't just armies sitting around. But there is one at King's Landing. Not big enough to fight the Tyrell army for sure. But I'm just saying that if Cersei draws the Tyrells into King's Landing and gets them into a battle with these faith militant, which is going to cause a lot of death all over, and then Kevin shows up and he wants the Tyrells to face justice because of the shit that happened to Joffrey, because you're not going to convince Kevin to fight otherwise, right? He's not going to openly go against... He might. I don't know. He might. Mm -hmm. Because... Cersei can wipe her hands of this whole thing. Cersei can't do anything right now. She doesn't have her own army. She can't control the gold cloaks. She can't control the Lannister army. That's what Kevin does. She has no real power other than the perceived power that she has. So at the end, Cersei murders the remnants of the Faith and restores Ordin King's Landing. She rids herself of the Tyrells and the Faith Militant while washing her hands of the whole fucking thing. Okay. Now, there's some permutations here because this ain't perfect. now, does this work if the secret was in fact the walk of atonement?
1: Let's start with the, so the secret, let's go back. Sure. So to you
0: if the secret is the high
1: sparrow found out that
0: because listen, Loris could have confessed.
1: Tell me that Loris knows.
0: I'm, that's the that's the part I have written that's, down here. That's what
1: I wrote too as right. I listened to you do this whole thing. Right. I wrote, Loris doesn't know, period.
0: We don't know that. Marjorie
1: did not give that information up. And do you remember how Marjorie found out this information? It was later. It was through Elena. It was like in this moment between... It wasn't like she was involved in the planning. Do you really think Loris knows this huge, really deep, intricate thing between Elena and like Littlefinger? Because I don't.
0: It's possible. I don't. That's the only hitch. But the other thing you could do is this. So... Pretend for a moment that this isn't the case, right? Cersei's plan might work with modifications. So, Kevin truly doesn't do anything because he couldn't lawfully attack the Tyrells, right? The Tyrells will still come in, smash the Faith Militant, which is exactly what Cersei wants, and this bloody war and shit in the streets is going to be blamed on the Tyrells anyway, right? Mm -hmm. It still leaves Cersei with little power, but if the Tyrells rid rid the streets of the Faith and the High Sparrow... What's to stop them from staying at King's Landing and then taking on the Lannisters? So that's the flip to this. Once the Tyrells enter King's Landing, it could be the end of Jamie and Cersei. So it could go either way. Because once they're in King's Landing, what's to stop them from leaving? Them telling Kevin to stand down could be their undoing. Because if you remember, when Robert's Rebellion was going on and the Mad King wanted his friend to come help him, Tywin Lannister, Tywin Lannister said, sure. And he showed up and he said, let me in. And they let him in and he fucking turned on him. So that could be history repeating itself. You could get a situation where, the Tywin, where, where, where Tywin sins return to haunt them because now he's letting the Tyrells in and they might turn on the Lannisters and that could be the end of the Jamie fucking Cersei show right there, right? It's possible. Sure. The only way it works, the only way you fight the Tyrells is is that you need Kevin involved somehow and how do you do that?
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: How do you do that? And then the other thing I wrote- Seems
1: to be pretty in bed with Elena right now.
0: Here's the other part though. Could you motivate Kevin to take out the Tyrells by convincing him on the Lancel angle? He wants his son back. Bring your army here. It's possible.
1: If Kevin Lannister starts to war over Lancel Lannister, I will probably puke.
0: Right. Don't forget, you got But Dorne, if Lancel
1: too. dies again, I'm fine with that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's possible that the Tyrells lose here or the Lannisters lose here. My guess is the Tyrells are in trouble here. And it's going to come in the form of the gold cloaks, maybe attacking the Tyrells once they're in. Maybe they don't need Kevin's army. Maybe the gold cloaks will suffice. Maybe the 2,000 garrison men at King's Landing combined with the Faith Militant fighting the Ty- the Tyrells, is enough to take them down. And if the Tyrells are too dumb to see it, then they're fucked. I mean...
1: But but they're not going to hook up with a Faith Militant. Like, there's no way. Like, Cersei's hook- done with them for sure.
0: No, no, not hook up with them. But that battle starts, enroll the gold cloaks, and they kill everybody, Faith Militant in and, and, and Tyrell alike. After that battle rages for a while, and things are burning, and shit's getting ugly, that's possible, you know? It's going to be ugly. I know that for sure. And there's no way Cersei doesn't have a plan cooked up to draw a Tyrell army into King's Landing. And if Olenna falls for that, or Olenna's thinking, wow, this dummy's going to let our army into King's Landing. We're going to crush them. And the Lannisters are fucking done. I guess we'll see.
1: I guess we will see.
0: I guess we'll see. But yeah. What's Tommen's fate going to be in all this? What's Lancel's fate going to be? Is Kevin going to be motivated to do something for Lancel?
1: What episode? Is this episode three?
0: Yeah, but he did say, I want my son back. Well, I'm He's, glad he that we it. at
1: least admitted that Lancel exists in the show because when people disappear from the show, then they don't die for two seasons. So, Right.
0: I like it. And then you got, what else you got? You got, uh, you got. how does Dorne play into it, right?
1: Dorne, I forgot about them and it was nice. And now you've brought them up again. Womp womp.
0: Boom, boom, boom. And then you wonder what Tommen's fate's going to be. If Marjorie dies, maybe Tommen will off himself.
1: I don't think he's going to off himself, but Tommen's definitely going to die because that witch that you want to bang sometimes said it.
0: Mm, yeah. <laughs> 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 mm. But here's why I say that. The reason I mention it is because this all goes back to the High Sparrow having a piece of important Sparrow. Spiro. This all goes back to the High Sparrow having an important piece of information. What interest does it serve the High Sparrow to let slip the Walk of Atonement is the secret? How does that help him? I don't believe that
1: Marjorie's actually making the Walk of Atonement. I think that is a lie.
0: Okay, so you think it's a different secret?
1: I don't even I don't know what the secret is. I haven't really quite thought about what the secret is, but the more I think about it, the more that I think that the secret isn't this walk of atonement one, because I don't think Marjorie would ever do it.
0: Right, but you can't think of Two, it that way. You have to think the best way, in my opinion, to think about what the secret is is knowing that it's something that the High Sparrow would slip to Tommen because he knows Tommen's going to spread it. So the High Sparrow is being very clever here.
1: I, I understand. But I'm just saying that, that there's no way that the secret is that Marjorie's making the Walk of Atonement. Right. That's something that Cersei's using because it's a way where she can get somebody else to fight her battles for her. Because the Tyrells had no interest in going to war. They figured there was another way out until Olenna heard that Marjorie might, you know, make her walk of shame.
0: Right. The chat suggested maybe it's that his parents are siblings. Maybe he said that. I told Tommen. Yeah. I
1: mean, Marcella was pretty chill with that, so.
0: Right, right. Yeah. What What end does it serve? What end is it? What, what you don't want to do as the High Sparrow is enrage Cersei to come after you. But maybe you do if you want the whole thing to go to shit. Maybe you do want to tear down an empire, as he says so wonderfully.
1: Yeah, who knows? I don't know. It's just I felt like the last time when Tom was talking to Cersei and he was saying things to her like you don't like Marjorie, do you? Right. Like these are all ideas that uh, it's obvious she doesn't like Marjorie, but this has to do with the fact that this, the High Sparrow is putting ideas in his head about Cersei, about Marjorie, about Tommen and his place in this whole thing.
0: Sure, sure. I'll tell you what. Whatever happens is going to be wild because they're talking about bringing armies to King's Landing. I mean, that's huge for the for for. For Jamie to suggest to Elena to bring the the goddamn <laughs> the, the Tyrell army, the King's Landing, that's a huge thing. They would easily defeat the heist of the Faith Milton. I mean, it would be, not easily, because it would be revolution. There'd be a war on the streets. And... I mean, that's not a bad play by Cersei if she's not involved in it and the Tyrells are. And then, but the only problem is, is the Tyrells are victorious and they're hanging out in King's Landing. What are you going to do, Cersei? So now you have zero power.
1: If the Tyrells aren't victorious, they're the people who are like helping you pay your debt right now. I'm just going to throw it out there. Like the Lannisters need the Tyrells. Right. They owe a lot of money the Iron Bank of Braavos, I've heard.
0: Yeah, but I don't think that would stop Cersei from destroying House Tyrell if she had the opportunity.
1: That's true, I that's guess. That's her enemy. They
0: have all the power. Marjorie's her enemy. And she knows that Marjorie ain't going to die without being repercussions. So, and you know how fucking Tywin Lannister rolls. If he's going to go to war with the House, he's going to kill everybody involved, so there is no recourse. You can't just pick off Marjorie and hope the Tyrells chill. So Cersei's thinking maybe not as cleverly as we want her to, but how can I off rid my enemies? How can I get rid of all of my enemies? And she's made that clear for a long time that her enemies are doomed. So I wonder how it'll go down. Well, Loras too. is, uh, yeah. That whole thing with showing the reason I thought about it is because that whole thing with Loris and, you know, I know him not him he he probably doesn't know about the Joffrey thing, but who knows? Who knows what Marjorie said? Who knows what who knows what Marjorie said? Who knows what Loris said to this guy in confidence or when they confessed or whatever. But why even sh- I mean, I guess we just saw Loris to see him? I mean what's He's in, bad, he's in a bad situation, but how does that play into the story? Why do we care? Because we don't care too much about the character. That's I why I was thinking if he's super vulnerable, could he have said something that is, is troubling? Could he have confessed something that, I don't care about winning, I don't care, I want it to be over. That's a liability if he knows state secrets, you know?
1: I just don't think he knows state secrets. Fair enough. That's my... I mean, he could have told them that he was gay and banged a bunch of dudes, but... Yeah, but they already know that's that. That's about
0: it. They already know that. In could a, have confessed, right?
1: Like that lady asks every day. <laughs> Confess, it's possible. Maybe he could do a walk of atonement. Oh boy! About time. Huh. I have a friend who I always tell to watch Game of Thrones, and she says she'll watch Game of Thrones when there's an equal amount of male nudity to female nudity. So wow. it's, a, it's gonna be a long time till she watches it. It's but good I feel to have, like this is a good, good to way have. to. This is a good time to start with a Loras Tyrell walk of shame. Sounds good. Preferably after he showered and shit. All
0: right, let's go to Marine, my friend. Marine, Marine, mm-hmm. ready. Mm-hmm. All right, let me get rid of this and this. Garbage. All right, Marine. Yes. You invite the enemy into our city. Grayworms pissed.
1: Grayworms kind of boring, and
0: I like them in this episode. I, don't I really trust them like anymore
1: them anymore now that people have already started talking about them possibly being secretly and cahoots with sons of the harpy and every time i look at them it's with suspicion in my eyes nah, they're not they're not i know they're not but i still can't look at them without suspicion now
0: now nah, they're the enemy. now nah, gray worm's good he's 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 good people um we make peace with our enemies not our friends says the lovely tyrian a wise man so gray worm says i kill my queens enemies and uh tyrian talks about diplomacy and Miss uh, Sandy and Graham ain't having it. And then Tyrion pulls the old uh, white guy. I understand the racism you went through. I get it.
1: <laughs> I was a slave for like three days. I know
0: what you have. Once.
1: One time someone said I was <laughs> ugly. You
0: know. <laughs> Once somebody said I dance like a white person. It really hurt me. Really so I me. get racism. I get it. You know, that guy. That's what Tyrion's doing right now because he was a slave for four minutes. But um, anyway.
1: Typical fucking white guy, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Tyrion does know what's up. He's a smart cat, and uh, he does say in the meeting chamber. Tyrion asks the masters uh, what they want, so they all meet and uh, they simply just say, "We want your queen to to leave." And Miss Sandy reminds the masters that she refused the offer to leave because there are too many slaves here still. And this guy does the old class classic logical fallacy of appealing to tradition. Bing, 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 bing. Logical fallacy time. He says, there has always been slaves since the dawn of time. Well, that's not a logical argument.
1: Yeah, we used to feed Christians to lions. Like, I don't understand.
0: Lions ate him. All right. So Tyrion reminds him that they don't need slaves to make money by telling them that he was richer than any of them and Westeros hasn't had slaves for a thousand years. So Tyrion is trying to win these fuckers over because it's not going well the words. other way. And he's good at that. And then he drops this sort of arbitrary seven-year thing on them. Slavers will be compensated for their losses. He then tells them to cut off their support for the Sons of the Harpy, let us sail on the tide of freedom instead of being drowned by it. Of course...
1: Have some prostitutes.
0: (laughs) It's not seven years yet. Have some slave girls. Um so he, I'm
1: sure, Tyrion paid them. I don't think they oh, were slaves. I just I, think they were regular whores. I can
0: assure you, he paid them handsomely.
1: Yeah. So then they weren't slaves. They were just normal prostitutes. Yeah,
0: just like, regular working girls.
1: Regular women just trying to make their way through college.
0: Just working girls. But no, he, uh, I like I like his approach here. I like that he's he just kind of throws out the seven years and then um, you know give freedom a chance. See if it doesn't taste every bit as good as what came before. And uh, they're not happy with him for this, you know. They, they, they're not, they're not, they're not seven years. What, what are you talking about?
1: And, and Tyrion explains, which he is right. He's like, hey, I don't like war. I don't like slavery. I don't like any of those things. I cannot change them overnight.
0: Yes, I can't change both in the same day.
1: And this is, and I watched the little after show thing that they do on um, HBO Go, and they were saying that this idea kind of came about in the same way. Abraham Lincoln was like, okay, I want to end slavery. But to him it wasn't just like, okay, slavery's a bad thing, so I'm going to end it overnight. It was there has to be a logical way to do this where the country is also not completely devastated and broken apart.
0: Right. There you have it.
1: So basically Tyrion is like Abraham Lincoln.
0: <laughs> he's he's a little taller than Abe Lincoln though.
1: I mean, just a little. <laughs> he hasn't worn a top hat yet.
0: Does he wrestle? Does he wrestle other men?
1: Is Abraham Lincoln Russell? Yeah, I
0: guess. He does. Anyway, these representatives are not happy. The other representatives that meet in the throne room, right? And they're
1: wearing some serious eyeliner.
0: A lot of eyeliner, like like lots. more than I've ever worn. If they wore, if they spent less on eyeliner, they might get some some better clothes. But uh, yeah, I like this. In the throne room, he, you know, he knows they're upset. He ignores them for a moment and goes on to remind them that he is not their ruler, but that he is the queen's advisor. He has to set that present immediately so they'll listen to him, right? And then he sort of elicits Grey Worm here by saying he knows when to fight and he knows when to make peace. And they're like, you made peace with the slavers? They're so upset. And Grey Worm says, if there is a chance for peace, just peace, we should take it, bitch.
1: Yeah. And then Good line. he has Masande also yep. lie about how she feels.
0: She quotes, uh, she quotes the main man Tyrion right here, doesn't she, she?
1: She quotes a wise man.
0: A wise man, yes. Who is Tyrion. Who is Tyrion. And then, of course, Tyrion agrees, slavery is a horror that should be ended at once. War is horror that should be ended at once. I can't do both today. That's what you are just talking about. And then Tyrion reminds Grayman that he doesn't trust the masters, only their self-interest. This is a great line here. He's like, listen, dude, I don't trust them, only their self-interest. And Grayman reminds him, we are not human in their eyes. And that's when Tyrion says, their contempt is their weakness. We will use that to our advantage. And Grey Worm says, they will use you. That is what they do.
1: Yep, I wrote that down too.
0: Great line, because Grey Worm knows the way these people operate because he's seen it. And I think that Tyrion sometimes thinks he's more clever than he is a little bit. And he needs to be careful that he doesn't get drawn into some kind of trap with these guys and get used. And that's what Grey Worm is cautioning here, which I think is great. Tyrion's got a plan. And we see how it goes. It'll be interesting to see how the Sons of Harper react if their funding is actually cut off, if we see their numbers dwindle, if we see them get given up, if we see them start to disappear, if we see riots start to cease.
1: I'm pretty sure that Dario's got some some silent backers that we don't know about and he'll fucking hook them right back up.
0: Oh boy, still on the Dario bandwagon.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Dario.
0: Speaking of Dario. Do
1: you like my segues? I'm doing really good with those right They're now.
0: They're pretty good.
1: Listen, I know Dario's like a handsome man, but let's be honest. This shit he's saying to Jorah is just uncalled for in this scene.
0: Hmm. I don't think you could ride the dragon, our queen. I'm a young man, and it's hard for me.
1: I don't like this shit. One, I don't like him talking about banging Danny like that. Like, who does he think he is? The guy who That's bangs his Danny. Private time with Danny he's not supposed to talk about it. And two, I bet Jorah would be better in bed, <laughs> even with the grayscale.
0: Wow, you think Jorah's better in bed than Dario?
1: Yeah, I do. I think he's probably a good lover. Wow.
0: That's pretty good. Well, here's so what I will handsome. Say. Does it upset you that she chose me? It makes me sad. I like that. Me too. He just says, but what he's saying is it makes me sad because you suck, basically.
1: Do you ever just want to hug Dora because I do?
0: Yeah. I like how I like how he's like, you know, when this is over, Jorah suggests. And then Dara's like, listen, I'm not fighting. You got nothing to win. If I win, I kill an old guy. If I lose, I die by an old guy.
1: Which is, again, is so rude. He's not that old.
0: But he's being honest, I guess. He's
1: not Grandmaster Pycelle. I mean,
0: mm. he's not Aemon. I guess.
1: Targaryen.
0: Well, they do relax and they decide to scout the area. They, they take a look at the Temple of the Dash Kaleen, They check out the Eastern and the Western Market. They get a nice vantage point. And then Jorah just starts to disarm himself. And he says, uh, we will pretend to be traitors. Weapons are forbidden, he reminds him. And, uh, of course, Dario's not down with getting rid of his special lady knife.
1: Yeah, all of a sudden, Dario was a perv in this episode, right?
0: Why? Because he kissed the butt of that knife? No, but I don't know. A perv? Jesus Christ! You're a fucking. It's just like all of a sudden, puritanical person.
1: Dario used to be like, "Oh, I love Danny like so much," and in this episode, he's all like, "Oh yeah, I banged Danny," and she's she's a she's a fiery beast. Darrow, what do you think about that? And then he's like, "Oh, look at my naked knife lady. I'm gonna kiss her." And then he's like, "Oh, I wish I was a Dothraki because they just bang people in the street." I don't know. It seemed out of character. I almost felt like I was watching a scene. Mm. You know the X Files episode where we see it from Mulder's perspective and then from Scully's perspective, and it's totally different. Or the affair. The TV show The Affair. Yes. I felt like I was watching that and I was seeing things from Jorah's perspective, like how he sees Dario, like yeah. sex obsessed yeah, yeah, yeah. and not yeah, really. Yeah. I like it. I don't know. So it was like so weird to me.
0: But uh, the chat's warning you, Jessica, that Jorah's stoneskin might cause you a problem. So <laughs> I don't uh, want no. Westeros AIDS, basically. You don't want, want Westerosian. You don't want the Andalades. I don't know what to tell you.
1: Andalades. <laughs> so handsome
0: but the, the chat's beating Dario up they're not down with his behavior yeah this good
1: week. I'm not down with it either guys
0: mm, pity he was petty for sure he was petty anyway he does see the stone skin affliction
1: yeah I like that moment because now nobody knew that Jor had grayscale and now somebody else knows and it's somebody who has something to gain from knowing this I feel like mm. where he could spill that information to Danny for his own gain
0: mm, yeah I don't I don't mean I don't see him needing to to, to do that with him I could see him warning them. I mean, he's got to be careful. If Dario truly cares, he's got to worry about it. So anyway, the men sneak around the market at night. There is some frenzied revelry going on, people fucking in the streets. And of course...
1: Which Dario's really into.
0: I should have been going to Dothraki. And then we have really cool drumming music here. I like it. It's like sneaky drum music, if you can imagine. And then they are wandering around, and a couple of Dothraki make their way towards them Accidentally. <laughs>
1: And Dora's like, it's fine. I'm just going to tell a story about how I'm a wine merchant. And I'm I'm down with this.
0: Hello, mountain that rides. I have wine for you and your horse. I'm but a simple wine merchant.
1: I'm like, great. You sound like you'd be a great boyfriend.
0: Pay no heed to my piss yellow tunic. I can assure you I am a rich man.
1: Stop talking about his tunic.
0: Well, Dario breaks the neck of uh, one of these guys because they say, "Uh, bullshit, you're not merchants. They're not dumb. I like this. And uh, Jorah just gets the shit kicked out of yeah,
1: him. I don't like this at all either. Again, and now I feel like I'm seeing things from Dario's perspective in this episode of The Affair. Now it's like this is how Dario sees Jorah like getting the shit beat out of him, and he has to save his life.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Didn't
1: you feel that way? Yeah. I don't know. That's how I feel now.
0: Yeah, they're breaking down. They're breaking. They're breaking Jorah down a little bit, but they're going to bring him back up. Don't you worry? I Hope so. They're going to bring him back up. Don't you worry. You know what I do like about this whole thing with Jor and Dario is, is I like the fact that we're getting them all back with her already. I was wondering how long this fucking shit was gonna go on. I was like, okay, is everyone gonna be split up for a hundred years? One of our concerns were, you know, is is uh you know, is the Khaleesi gonna be chilling for a million episodes and We're was all going to time. kill ourselves. But no, things come back pretty quick, which I love. I agree. Yeah. It's great. So in the temple of the Dosh Kaleen.
1: Oh, can I also just point out about how um, Dario stabs this guy and Jorah's like, okay, we're fucked. You stab this guy. They're going to know. And he then bashes his head in with a rock. It's a good move. Yeah, except he still has a stab wound. So... What? He's still going to have a stab wound. Wasn't it through his neck?
0: Yeah. Yeah, he just bashed his head into oblivion. His neck is a head area. The whole thing was gone. Oh, yeah. It's very fucked up. Absolutely. I like the way you bashed his head, Dario. All right. In the temple of Doshi Kaleen, Daenerys meets Lazarine, who is kicked after being, bearing a call a son, blah, blah, blah. Danny needs to pee.
1: No, she needs to go make water. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's going to go get water from somewhere and boil it and make it into water she can drink. That's not a euphemism for having to pee.
0: It sure is.
1: No, it's not.
0: Are you sure? I, y- you're way off on this.
1: You really think that her saying I have to make water means she has to pee?
0: Yes hundred and fifty percent. You I crazy? No. Good lord! Of course it is. Make make water. I
1: thought she was gonna go. No. But it's like on Survivor when they want to drink water, they have to no. boil it. You make
0: water. <laughs> it's not fucking Survivor. You banana head! It means she has to pee. Oh my god! Everyone's making fun of me in the chat. They should make fun of you in the chat badly. They should they should torture you for this. They should flame you for Why days. Why
1: did she it? Is this like? You know women in 2016 How they all go to the bathroom And pee together
0: Women throughout ages Is what this is telling us So
1: basically forever Women have peed together If
0: you would have read One of the books You'd know that this is What they said Well
1: I didn't read Any of the books So I thought they were She was literally Going to make water
0: Literally making water Yeah I combining she hydrogen and wa- oxygen. I
1: thought she was getting water, <laughs> and oh then my. she was boiling it, just like they do on Survivor, and then you can drink it.
0: What do you think? She's the red woman. She's gonna cook up some water, no. whip out some water out of the fucking magic dimes, <laughs> Lord. What I said. She makes breaks sense out her science kind of. kit. She breaks out her science kit. From this now is- on,
1: every time I have to pee, I'm gonna say I have to make water.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. At least <laughs> you've learned something tonight.
1: I can't believe this.
0: Well. Let's try this again. In the temple of the Dosh Kaleen, No, I'm just kidding. All right. So she uh, she she takes off. L- Lazarine asks her about dragons, and she starts to have an affinity with this woman right away.
1: Yeah, she's like, I better bond with this chick. She looks like she'd be easily manipulatable.
0: Wow, that's messed up. Just saying. So she asks about the dragons, and Daenerys says, would you like to see them someday? And then boom, Dario and Jorah show up. They're about to gank out this girl, but they don't. And then uh, Daenerys refuses rescue at the moment, but she does want their help for something. Can I just say that this was handled very nicely? My concern was is that the Khaleesi was going to get bailed out by either these guys or her dragon, and she didn't. She bailed herself out, and it says a lot about the Daenerys character. She got herself out of this mess. The dragon didn't go like
1: everybody thought was going to happen. Fucking
0: save everything and blah blah blah, and it wasn't like these guys went in and beat everybody up. She got herself out of this, which is what I really like about that, you know? so
1: I like that too. I really do because how many times was I waiting for that dragon to come swoop in? You were. But now I'm happy that it didn't happen because this was even better.
0: This was even better. So she says, hold, and then we go to the Dosh Killeen scene where they essentially get after it like, they go kind of Ramsey Bolton here, but instead of a letter, it's more like Dothraki poetry, Like you're a midget, you're pale. We're going to fuck you. Our horse is going to fuck you. Our blood rise are going to fuck you. We're going to fuck you. It's going to be great. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Rape, 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 So this is all the stuff these guys say, which is sort of what Ramsey was saying.
1: Yeah, basically. And it's also what Khal Drogo said before. Danny fell in love with him. So sorry that we all forget about that. But we do.
0: Did he say all that?
1: Yeah, he did.
0: Yeah, but then he murdered her brother and she just melted. Then
1: he murdered her brother, (laughs) raped her, and then she was like, I guess I don't like this guy. No,
0: after them, no. That was consensual by then. Stockholm had fully set in. No, so so by the time I'm sorry. So you, did murdered. he rape
1: her? Then murder her brother? Then Stockholm syndrome? Yay!
0: Listen, if I rape abroad and she then has consensual sense with me, I am absolved of all sins. That's what men's rights activists tell me. She has sex me. with
1: me once and says yes. That means every single <laughs> time.
0: <laughs> oh fuck!
1: Whatever, fuckers! This all shows. you call drugo lovers? You don't forget that shit.
0: Yeah. Well. I do like the scene a lot, but there's a couple points I have with it. I like that the scene because Danny's
1: with. just like, whatever, bros. Oh yeah, you think your horse is gonna rape me? Oh, you just wait.
0: Did I say consensual sexual sense?
1: Probably. Consensual but I also said sex. something meant getting water and it actually meant peeing, and people are gonna literally make fun of me for the rest of my <laughs> life about it. So who cares what you said?
0: <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. I
1: lose tonight.
0: Consensual sense. What's that about? <laughs>
1: I don't know, but I like it and I hope we can use it on a regular basis.
0: I want to, I demand a definition. All right. So look, here's what's going to (laughs) happen.
1: It's when you think about something pretty seriously, but in sexual terms.
0: She wasn't really into this whole caldroco guy because of the whole raping thing. But after she murdered his brother and made her eat a horse heart, she really fell in love.
1: Ain't that the truth?
0: Well, here's the deal. So do you want to know what I think she says? To tell her she has no voice here, she knows where she is, she's been here before, this is where the Khal Drogo made all his promises, she taunts them about being small, small, and you can't blame the weather, uh, with no ambition beyond who they will fuck and what village they will raid. I think this is a perfect insult for these guys, and this is really what they are. Mm-hmm. Compared to Cal Drogo, these guys didn't have big plans, all they do is raid and fuck and take horses, and this is what they do. No real ambition outside of this. Right. None of you are fit to lead to Dothraki. I am. What? They laugh. She's told she'll be gang raped again by all manner of men. Really high in yeah. the rape here. She's going to be gang raped by all manner of man and beasts. And then she simply smiles. And, uh, well, she says, uh, you are not going to serve. You're going to die. Yeah, I like this part. Now, how many cows are in this room?
1: I don't know. Like, probably, like, Seven.
0: Okay. Now, I'm pretty sure the Dothraki are afraid of water, right? Not fire. So when she pushes over that little fire sconce thing that's standing up there, and it spills fire everywhere, and then she does her little speech and pushes another one down, I was shocked that none of these guys rushed over and just bashed her brains in. It's because she was standing in the fire. Probably. Like, they seem so helpless so fast.
1: I'm just curious, like, if you're in a closed-in room and someone pushed over a giant thing of fire and it started coming towards you in a blaze. Like if you would logically think, why don't I murder this person? I did that I think instead you'd be scared.
0: Yesterday, some dummy that I threatened pushed fire at me and I just beat her up. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying seven great warriors are that's, just sort of like... That's the whole like,
1: point is they're not great warriors. They're little bitches.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about all this shit. I liked it. I mean, I liked the fact I could see the, I could see the widow's hut going up quick. Because it's all timber. Yeah. I could see it burning fast for sure. But I'll tell you, they just sort of stood there and and ran. It was like... uh, Yeah,
1: because, you know, it's not scary at all to have a giant fire coming towards you.
0: Yeah. Maybe they just didn't realize what she was up to. Maybe they didn't assume she was going to burn herself in this place. Because that is the the one thing that she had. They didn't really know that she was going to just stand in the fire with them.
1: I think that they thought, holy shit, this bitch is trying to kill us and herself. How the fuck do we get out of this place? And I thought it was like that, you know, any any of these stories of fires and areas where you're like locked in a room and it's like, how the fuck do I get out?
0: How does it? How do they say it?
1: How the fuck do I get out?
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Like, listen, I'm just saying, I like- You get burned
1: alive and see how much you like it, okay? Why don't you call freaking Princess Shireen up and ask how she thought about this whole thing?
0: Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was-
1: uh... Yeah, Robert in the chat says, and maybe the wall's had accelerant that Joran What's-His-Name put there earlier. Come I like- on. I like that this guy said Jorah and what's his name and that Dario doesn't even get a name. But I like this guy, Robert.
0: I could see... I could my see. Friend. I could see Jorah and Dario pulling into a fucking shell station. <laughs> Dario, you stay here with the car. I'll pay for the gas. Should we transport it in these tin buckets? If we pour it on the walls, surely no one will see my piss yellow tunic in the night. That,
1: that might have been what happens.
0: Yeah, I guess they probably
1: called uh, Michael Madsen oh. from Reservoir Dogs, and he let them borrow his gas can. Yeah,
0: but then, but then, what happens? You like
1: that, like yeah. that reference?
0: It wasn't bad. Here's some right. fi- Have some fire, scarecrow. But yeah, here's, what fire scare here's what happens. Have some scarecrow. Here's what happens. Dario's like, I mean, uh, uh, Jorah's like, Dario, I'm short on change. Can you pay the lady the twenty? He doesn't have money, does
1: he? Fuck no. He just killed somebody and stole the gas. It's fine. Or and then he probably had sex with somebody because that's all he does in Jorah's version yeah. of the story.
0: I don't know. They were. They were. They were running around like a bunch of morons, in my opinion. They seemed fairly... Uh, they, they seemed a little too wimpy for me. Uh, just a touch. Just what a if, touch. But the building, All I know is they
1: were locked in there, and the fire spread fast. I don't so. mind
0: them being locked in there. I mean, I could see if she dumped the fire around herself. In, she did. I know. I, that's, that's the so. excuse. The excuse I'm giving it is the fact that she's standing in the fire. Nobody wants to get near her because she's standing in fucking flames, okay? That, I will give it. Um, and they were locked in. I will I will give it that. And it certainly would burn quick because it's wood. But anyway. Anyway. So, this is amazing. I like how this place burns. We get natural Emile Clark boob, right? She steps out there burning up.
1: Yeah, and it's really her boobs, okay? I know I just had this whole conversation about how she didn't want to do nude scenes, but then she actually did this nude scene and did an interview about how she never said she didn't want to do nude scenes. It was just apparently a random coincidence that she stopped doing nude scenes forever, and then she did this one again. But those are her real boobs, so enjoy, everyone.
0: Enjoy. Well, there you have it. She stands out there, and... uh,
1: (laughs) Everybody fucking bows to those Jamel, my bell
0: says Great White Hope version 2. That's true. (laughs) They Hope Al <laughs> to the platinum haired bitch. And uh, there it goes.
1: Just like I said last week and the week before, and every week since uh, Danny has been with the Dothraki, that those motherfuckers were going to fight for her. And look who is right, as per usual.
0: As per usual.
1: Except for the times I said things like, Oberon will never die. He's the best. Um, if Ollie kills Jon Snow, I'll kill myself. Um, what else did I say? Other than those things, I'm pretty much things. always right.
0: Oh, yeah, always. One hundred percent. I don't think you've ever been wrong on this show once. Definitely not. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good of you. But uh, that's the episode. So that boy, is. things are heating up. There's going to be bloodshed. Blood. Holy shit. Now, I think that's the end. Is that the end? I think so. All right. Um, are we going to take a break before we do sure. the listener comments, or do you know who you want to read already?
1: Um. Well, I mean, I didn't read all of the comments yet, but I picked one that I kind of want to read. It's just a short one.
0: Oh, okay. Um, let me see something here.
1: I do have my comment that I want to read. It's short, but it has a good point.
0: Okay. Awesome. So what you're saying is is that we don't need a break.
1: I don't need one. Do right. you? No, I don't. Do you need to go make water? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh I do not need to go. No, I do not. I hope you cut
1: all of that out of the actual shelf. No, I
0: don't need to go dig water (laughs) from a well and boil it. Like, what kind of timing would that be? Hold the meeting, guys. I got to go dig up water. I'm really thirsty before you guys judge me. Send me to the Dosh Kaleen. I need to drink something. I'm real parched. So all that shit there. is getting cut out of this episode. No, it's not. You think stuff gets cut, but nothing ever gets I cut. I know
1: every episode I ask you to cut something and you I, have never cut anything I've ever asked you to The only thing you I to. cut
0: are break segues. I don't cut any of the actual content. Oh, my God. Sorry. One day
1: I need to learn how to edit this shit so I can make sure only good stuff I say makes it. I got the like air. 40
0: passwords on there, so forget about it.
1: I guess them all.
0: <laughs> all right. Let us get to some. Listener Comments. Ooh, there's quite a few. I know, that's, I know. Uh, there's tons. Who do you want to read this week?
1: I'm going to read Carlos Freitas. Carlos. Go for it. You wonder what Melisandre would say if she saw the miracles of Daenerys Targaryen. Jon Snow is the prince was prompt. Never mind.
0: <laughs> it occurs to
1: me that Danny is very good at conquering, but not so great at ruling. John is very good at fighting, but not so great at politics. Tyrion is great at politics and ruling, but not so great at conquering or fighting. It's almost like the three of them complete each other. Together, maybe they're the prince who is promised. Question mark.
0: Mm, Nice I like the
1: idea of this threesome being in charge, or being in any way involved with each other. I like it too. Honestly. And which is why I wanted to read the comment. And it is true. It's a very valid point that they all pick up where the other one's... Weaknesses are.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Uh, da, 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 da. Boom, 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 boom. All right, I'm I'm t- I'm deciding between two here that I like both of them. I mean, I like all of them. I'm not gonna lie. But here I'm gonna go. Here goes. Stephen Holloway says, "Mad props to my main main Jora for keeping it together at the end. Like I feel that he has was mere moments away from rendering that shirt a piss yellow." <gasps> Cumrag is his words. Still, I can't help but feel it was a missed opportunity. Some scaly old guy pumping flesh is but a drop in the ocean to those deviant, horse-bothering savages. <laughs> oh, my God. Great episode, though. Had a nice slow burn and some touching moments. Humor was solid, too, especially Jorah's sand strike. Man, I'm so up on Jorah right now. Don't die, Jorah.
1: Yeah, I'm not that. saying anything. He is on my Deadpool, but still. I read that for you. Legit my favorite. I love him. I know you do. Heart, heart, heart.
0: So uh, these, uh, there's a lot of good thread. There's a great thread of comments here on the Facebook page. Uh, Facebook.com slash groups slash L-S-G on G-O-T. That's Facebook.com slash groups slash L-S-G on G-O-T. Do, 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 do. So that's it. That's all we got for our listener comments this week. Short and sweet. All right. All right. Jessica. Yes. Do me a favor. Mm-hmm. Can you update us on the Deadpool? Yeah, I will. Yeah.
1: So not much action in the Deadpool this week, as there was only one real major death of a character, and that was Osha, the wildling. Um, So Christina Brown's still in first place with three dead, and one of hers is about to die next week named Loris Tyrell, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Anyway, second and third place is an eight-way tie now. Jay Fink, Joe Pulcini, Kelly Beam, Maria Kirby, Steph Dion, Steve Renault, Tori Hunter, and now added to the group with his crazy pick that turned out dead nathan tamulus
0: that is a fact now i would like to talk a little bit more about this john you are in the chat right now that thing that you were messing around with how would you feel about me revealing some of the hilarious titles that you came up with um, for some of the placements of some of these people let me know because I'm going to pull it up on the website right now. I know you still have it in a draft, but I think it's fucking hilarious what it says. But if it's not ready, it's not ready. But what he did is he has names for everybody (laughs) and what their title is based on where they are in the Deadpool, and it's goddamn funny as shit. So if he's telling me that I can go ahead and- and,
1: Oh, he says, go for it, handsome. All right.
0: Johnny boy is not afraid. That's what I like about him. All right. So he is doing, we, we have this in the works right now on the website, LibertyStreetGeek.net. We're going to probably have it go to GOTDeadpool.LibertyStreetGeek, right? Sure. Dot net, something that like that. That sounds reasonable to me. But anyway, here's how he has it written. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So he has them in different ranks. This is not published yet, so this is some nice insider information. But front runners, he has Lady Christina, calls her the Red Woman. Then he has Jay Fink, the Faceless Man, Joe Polcini, the Smiling Knight, Kelly Beam, Breaker of Chains, Maria Kalisi Kirby, Sir Nathan Tamulus, Sword of Moaning. Hello, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> he has Lady Steph Dion, Wardeness of the North, Steve Fernald, the King Beyond the Wall, Sir Tory, the Hunter of Heads. Oh, it's good. So His good. name
1: really fits well for that.
0: Middle of the pack, he has Sir Christopher Hill, the King's Justice, Damaris Stormborn Perez, Jamie Lomas, Maester of the Citadel, John Margison, Watcher on the Wall, Lord Keith Bonneau, Hand of the King, Lord Commander Mike Hilger, and then the Bottom Feeders. (laughs) 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 And he has like the sigils to represent it, so... Uh, Sir Adam Talbot, the Gallows Knight. Sir His Majesty Dean Martin, the Mad King. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, Jamie Lannister. Stay away from me. J.B., Lord of Initials. Lady Jessica Vizina, Lover of Hounds. That's true. True. And then Earl David of House Sunshine. <laughs> and then Sir Tony Piccolo, the Dark Star. I
1: can't believe I'm a bottom feeder. I hate my life.
0: Boom. That's so Good. Good shit, Mr. Marginson. I love it. So that is an update on our Deadpool. We will be publishing that. And when it's done, I'm sure John will let you know. If you listen to this and you're not on the Facebook, shame. Confess. You should be on the Facebook page if you have Facebook. Facebook.com slash group slash L-S-G on G-O-T. I don't know why I feel the need to sing that every time.
1: I don't either. It's kind of Because it's
0: vowel-ridden and I can't help myself. I want to sing. All right. Wow. Final thoughts on this week's episode for sure. Go.
1: For sure. For sure, dude. My final thoughts are this was a good episode. All right.
0: Now I'll do mine. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> I enjoyed it. I'm glad that Sansa and Jon are reunited. I'm glad that Jorah is still handsome. I don't like the bullshit from Dario. Glad Littlefinger is back. Really glad that Bremund is now a couple that I ship. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's all I have to say.
0: All right, I got some hard-hitting questions for you. Okay, go. When is Winterfell going to be taken over by Knights of the Vale combined with Jon and the Wildlings?
1: Episode seven.
0: Seven, so yeah, I a think ways we got away. a ways to go. Does torment survive that?
1: God, I hope so, so and Brienne can get married. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Does Ramsay survive it? Fuck no. Who's going to kill Ramsay? Sansa. <laughs> really? She's, she's not going to ride into the goddamn battle.
1: That's what you think. She's a tough motherfucker. Mm. I think Theon somehow is going to kill Ramsey still.
0: Mm. Really? I, 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 He's going to sail no. to Winterfell and okay. kill him?
1: <laughs> I don't think that, but like deep down, that would be the best thing to happen. Yeah. And I would like it. So I'll just pretend. Yeah, okay. I'll give you all this. His dogs.
0: Kill him? Yeah.
1: That's what Stark Remember says in the chat, and I actually think it's a great idea. And I'd like to get on board with that. I want the, I want them to get justice. Like This is what I wish justice? Michael Vick's dogs had done to him. Wow. Isn't that what Ramsey's dog should do?
0: Well, I guess. Dogs
1: aren't mean, though. They don't normally eat people. Just saying. Now, everybody drink and forget that stuff I said about water.
0: <laughs> They're never going to forget. Trust me. I, uh, I, I can already see the Photoshop things happening. In I know. Head. There's
1: already one on there.
0: Is there? Oh, my God. That was fast. <laughs> All right. So here's what I want to say about this episode. I liked it. I'm really intrigued by what's going to happen at King's Landing. I think that everyone's waiting for Ramsay to get crushed at Winterfell, and I think we're going to see a lot of blood at King's Landing, and we're going to lose lots of people in King's Landing, and I can't wait to see what happens. I don't know what the High Spiral that slipped to Tommen, but he's doing it, trying to manipulate Cersei, and I have a feeling it might backfire on him. I
1: agree. The, Cersei ain't going to die, let's be honest. The,
0: uh, the, the, the Tyrell army coming to King's Landing is wacky. Who knows what's going to happen there? I think one of two things are gonna happen. It's gonna be the end of the Tyrells or it's gonna be the end of Cersei and Jamie. But I have a feeling neither one of them I have a feeling one of the two houses is not coming out of that in, in full tact. If Cersei is anything like Tywin, she'll figure out a way to make that happen. Yeah, but, let's be
1: honest. Cersei and Jamie are gonna die right now.
0: I don't know. That means the Tyrells could be in big motherfucking trouble.
1: That means somebody made some good picks. Yeah. I and I'm suppose. gonna have a good name now.
0: Well, we will see you next week. We will most likely be recording live at the same time, but we'll let you know by Thursday when the live show will be recording.
1: I can, yeah, I can do... Nine again? I can do nine next Monday if that works for people or I could do earlier on the Tuesday. It to work for you and I. <laughs> well, it works for me, yeah. Okay,
0: then that works Nine for me. on
1: Monday works for me, but if earlier is better for the chat, I could do earlier on Tuesday. There you That's go. That's all. So just Boom. think about it and get back to me, guys.
0: I will. Sounds good. All right. So I guess we will see you next week at nine. This podcast episode will be available tomorrow morning. That's Tuesday. And uh, we'll make sure to get it out to you. But uh, I will leave the chat open so you guys can chit chat. But I think we are going to get up out of here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out LSG Media's coverage of A Game of Thrones. Make sure you check us out on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net, where you can see other shows we have like The Walking Dead and the Science Fiction Film Podcast. All right, folks, we will catch you next week. Have a good one.